I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain Swire football podcast mwwire.com is where you can find our actual football content. Not that's fake, Matt, but uh, we got football coming up. Jeremy here, Matt Kennerly, hang out in California. We have got some news that uh, people seem to like, Matt. There's going to be a uh, football returning in about uh, a month from today, October 24th. Mark your calendars if you haven't already. Not not a shock. Am I correct? Uh, I mean, once you kind of started seeing which way the wind was blowing, it's probably not that much of a surprise now. No, so what we're going to um, talk about here, because we've discussed our, um, not disdain, but our opinion about if there should be football or not. So we'll obviously bring that up a little bit, because I'm betting, Matt, more people are listening now, like checking our Twitter, MWCY, a bunch of new followers over the week from us uh, posting and tweeting from the press conference. But I think, our, like, Here's actually let's start with this real quick because I have a buddy, like, like he does. I work stuff for BYU. BYU. He's like uh, some a radio station I work at. He's like uh, we're talking yesterday, Saturday. He's like because Boise. We'll talk get to the Boise BYU potential. He, besides the rapid testing, Matt, we both agree like nothing has really changed. Like there's been zero preventative measures from canceling until now. And that's how we feel. We're, mm-hmm. like, we're all like, and I think you're kind of the same way. I hope if I'm correct, if not, tell me I'm wrong. If they're going to do it, do it as safe as possible, even though it's yes. not really all that safe. But it could be a money thing, which is part of it. To because talk about their Fox and CBS deal the Mountain West has. But our opinion, like everybody else, is like, what really changed? And I get the rapid testing is amazing because if I could get that cheap, if you could, we could. If everybody able to use it, it would be. It wouldn't mean we can go free for all and do stuff, but. Let's just say if you're going to go to, like, example, like for fo- the football players, they're getting tested day of. Like, there's an NFL game today, recorded Sunday. Was it whoever Chicago Bears? Was it Chicago Atlanta? There's possibility of not playing the game or postponement. I think. Uh, yeah, it was there. It was Atlanta's first round draft pick, AJ Terrell, who I guess it was the way they described it, at least, was like an isolated incident. But either way, he's not playing. Yeah, and there was a question about the game going on. But, like, think of it this way. Let's just say you. And that test is super cheap, and there's a concert in town, or um, or movie theaters could do this. I don't know if people want to add the extra expense just to see a movie, but let's just say there's a concert, and because clearly you don't want to be group, we've seen the uh, political rallies going on right now where they don't seem to care, where they shove everybody in a small space, or even watching. Well, you know, I've, I've also seen pictures of like concerts that are being set up overseas that are actually social distance, and as someone in my 30s, I think to myself. That actually looks really good. I know. You're not <laughs> stuck. like a big, big grassy pasture and everybody's got like their own little like like little walled off little yeah. elevated stage for, with a couple seats and things like that. I'm like, 
I, I mean, even if there wasn't a pandemic going on, I would prefer that yeah, to more space. I know you don't want to be uh, bumping up, against, especially if you don't want to be mosh pitting or bumping up against people. Which, if you like that, great. That's unacceptable at the moment. But that's I like some space. You know what I mean? That's always fun. But point being, if that test, like you go to a concert, let's just say it's like we're filling up some arena or whatever percentage you want to do. It's like, oh, I get test. Everybody who part of your requirement for your test or for your ticket is to have a negative test within 24 hours. And then you go and I would feel, I'm not saying I would go, but I feel a lot more safer for, for those things to go on. And so with the Mountain West, like that's not a preventative measure. That's a step to not, it's not preventive. Like you can't say, I'm not going to get sick because I do this. There are preventative stuff like people wearing masks. This test will help spread it, but it's not going to prevent you from getting it. And so that's, Mm. Like, there's been no preventative measure overall saying we've come through with whatever, take a vitamin or a supplement of some sort, say, or Nike. You know what I mean? Like, you get Nike. Well, okay, I'm not going to recover. But there's nothing that's preventative. But I guess the point is, is it just really money and better testing and hope you catch it early? It kind of seems like it. Because, yeah, yeah I, I think the one thing that I was surprised by, which it may not necessarily be the focal point of the whole agreement, but it is something that caught my attention in the discussion that followed the the little presentation they put out there is the fact that they're letting fans attend some places or at least that they're leaving it up to local jurisdictions because you know i mean, and the more i've had a chance to think about this like i'm of two minds of it because on the one hand you know everything that i'm sure everybody has read suggests that like outdoor activities are generally safer than indoor activities mm-hmm so, like, you know, for instance, eating on a patio somewhere is probably a lot lower risk than, like, eating in a restaurant, if that makes sense. Yeah, even if you were so, people, yeah. So, you know, I can understand the impulse to want to have, you know, to, to be able to enable fans to go see that, at least in a limited capacity. But at the same time, you know, having watched at least some NFL games in and seeing screenshots of uh, – you know, crowds from different college football games that have enabled their fans to go. The setups that I have been seeing are something that I am not comfortable with, mm-hmm. which is to say that, like, to me, it seems like whatever capacity or however they have it set up, it's just all wrong. You know, you've got people directly behind you and people directly in front of you in certain places. And it's like, you know, if it were me, I would be like, thanks, but no thanks. If it were more spread out, then I think... I could I could understand that you know people's you know risk calculus would uh, would tolerate something like that, and so I'm I'm interested to see what happens for those Mountain West schools who do decide to do that. I mean I know for a fact that at least right now there are some ordinances in place across the Mountain West that probably won't let that happen. Um, and I think Boise State is one of them. Cal- the California schools are another. No way. And so yeah, so I think. Here's you know, what I, if, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, if you're a fan in a, for, of a Mountain West school that ultimately enables people to do that, I would just say, like, just, you know, use best practices, you know, go, you know, prepare uh, to not only keep yourself safe, but to keep other people around you safe as well. That's all I would say. Yeah, because, like, I watched this weekend, like, we've discussed in Twitter our own, like, DMs on our group, writer thread, whatever we want to call it, like, Outside of this weekend, I've watched maybe, outside of work, which I mentioned, because I had to 
follow BYU. I watched about the first half of the Navy game because it was atrocious and a dominant win. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I don't need to sit until midnight to watch them keep, keep scoring points on Navy team that hasn't practiced. And I watched maybe a couple minutes of like Arkansas State. And that's about it. Like, but this weekend, I, like, it wasn't just because the SEC was back. I had actually time to do stuff. I wasn't um, preoccupied whether cleaning, doing stuff with my kids at, at home or whatever, or doing my grocery shopping to pick up stuff where I'm gone, like doing the pickup to the car. Or like a couple errands, mm-hmm. so it's like I was home. So like I watched a uh, Texas Tech, Texas. I'm like, okay, I didn't really see the fans there. I just watched the game. But looking at like the Texas A&M Vanderbilt game, because that was surprisingly close, and I was kind of taunting my brother, saying, "Are the Aggies going to get the victory or fall to Vanderbilt?" And you yeah. see, and you see, they see the big shot. That stadium I've been there holds about like a hundred, about 110,000. It's one of the biggest in the country. They probably had about 25,000 there, which could work. But the, you're right. The way they're putting fans, they ushered a lot of people close to the to the action, where it shouldn't be. It should be more like you said, like a checkered board type, not directly behind, not next to each other. Because if you're going to these games, unless like they're your roommates, you probably should be really spread out to make it viable. And okay, I'm at the top. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I'm at the top. I sit wherever. It's like when they're going to do stuff for the BYU game, they have no fans, so that could impact Utah State, which. I'm not sure if they'll allow up, up where they're at, betting they'll allow some. But they're going to do only 6,000 and put 1,500 in the four sections, which easily could spread out. You know I mean, there's plenty of room. But it's also like when I go to the movies, like I went one time, maybe twice. I went in March, right before stuff happened. I'm like, okay. And I went like in first week of June. And where I'm at in Utah, I go Sunday afternoon. People are at church. I'm in an area where nobody's going to go do stuff. And I had, I, had a, mm-hmm. I had one of those passes where you can pick whatever seat you want. You'd be like, 20 bucks a month, you can see a couple of movies, and they're still extending that for free. I'm like, okay, I'll go check out Jurassic Park with my kid because they're some classics. I'm like, that'll be cool. But we made sure to sit in like the luxury, like the big, nice recliner seats. They already have space around you. There's nobody directly behind. If somebody's behind you, they're backing up a good six to 10 feet. But when you go book mm-hmm. tickets, they were, it's like, okay, you can't sit three next to me either side, but they can stick somebody right behind you. I'm like, what's the point of that if they're right behind you? And so, and mm-hmm. like, even, in, like, you got a checkerboard, but even, like, the LSU game, they had the band close to each other. It's like they could have spread that apart. It's like, if you're going to do it, be safe. And from what I saw, most of the people were wearing masks, look like. Some were better than others. But it seemed the configuration was too tight for my comfort and not something I would want to go do, even though I like college football. I probably still would not go because from what we saw in these games over the weekend, for fans there or not. And like I watched the BYU game last night, they had nobody there. That was fine. Well, I saw LSU, some fans there, Texas Tech game. So a few minutes of that, Texas, there were, I think, a few fans there. But I'm betting if, if schools. Yeah, and I mean, I proceed. I was just going to say, you know, my, my only other reservation, too, is that, you know, there are still instances of Mountain West communities you know, wrestling with trying to contain the spread. Like I think it was just the other day, for instance, that Colorado state had to uh, quarantine two student halls or two, two student dormitories rather with, which was like, I think 900 people because they had detected something in their wastewater uh, or they had detected COVID-19 in the wastewater. So to me, I think, like I said, no matter where I am, like I think if if they are allowing it, I would be extremely judicious about how I went about doing things. Here's what I think: if we're going to say who's going to have fans or not, I don't care the number. I'm going to say California schools are not going to have fans. New Probably Me- not. New Mexico is not going to have fans because I no. I don't think I know New Mexico United plays, but they're all road games, right? For their soccer club. 
I believe so. I don't know that off the top but of my head. No. I would, for what New Mexico is doing, they can only, I did a piece about basketball recently. They're only allowing 10 people max to practice. And you can't, can't even do five on five <laughs> basketball if the coach is there. So I'm going to say all three California schools, most likely Hawaii, even though they have their change mm-hmm. in Mexico. Um, anybody else, really? Is that That's five. Nevada and UNLV, their areas. Nevada, are like, maybe. I mean, because Clark okay. County was was a very gray area for a long time. Um, you know, I imagine that they might be err on the side of caution. Well, Raiders have no fans, but so again, betting, I'm not betting, totally betting, sure. So I'm betting UNLV won't if they're sharing the stadium. Raiders already announced. Yeah, fans I would all imagine year. so. So maybe so that's six. Maybe Nevada will have fans. That depends. Um, Utah State here, where I'm at, down near BYU, they've parties and crap and allowing just a just a student body population. I know it's not close to Logan, Utah for Utah State, but the whole state here is getting a lot more cases because when you bring in sixty thousand two there's two universities, Utah Valley and BOE, that have probably in a typical year typical year probably close to fifty or sixty thousand total students between the two schools. Like Utah Valley is the largest the most I believe the most students of any more than University of Utah, more than BYU, more than Utah State and out of any university they have the most students. But most of them are local. But BYU, due to the religious aspect, there's international students across the country. There's it's more mixed, but they're still doing some in person. So there's that. That kind of Utah State had a little bit of issue. So I'm going to bet half the league has that as fans. And so yeah, so Utah I mean, State, I was just Boise, looking over Nevada. I guess yeah, I was just looking over uh, an article from the Reno Gazette Journal from Siobhan McAndrew, and my my takeaway from it is that Nevada, at least at first, may not have fans right away. Well, Doug News was talking about their AD is like he'd like to. But also with CSU, um, their AD said we have plans. I remember a few months ago, they have plans for like many, many plans, like zero fans, 10,000, 20,000. Like there's plans in place which they'll have, but I'm betting we mm-hmm. – I don't know. I bet just a couple. I don't know. But for the whole year, well, they they got a they have a quote at least from Nevada as uh, a Nevada administrator. I'm trying to find his uh, Mark Johnson, mm-hmm. who said that you know, and this is something else that other schools may ultimately keep in mind, is that you know, if for whatever reason they do get the green light to bring in fans, that it may still cost more than it's worth to let that happen. And so that's something else to keep in mind too. Like if it doesn't make financial sense, then they might just not do it. But of course, you know your mileage may vary from school to school. So they're probably saying, let's just say they have about five thousand people. That so they're, I guess they're basing on ticket sales, like yes, to what to what employees working this concessions or ushers or security that it might act or police. Yeah, rev- rev- interesting revenue versus cost, essentially. I get it, but it makes it's kind of odd if you can allow ten thousand, and if they're just say ten bucks a ticket, that's a that's a hundred grand. I don't know. Just, that's, that's what I'm saying. I think it. De- I think it depends on what the magic number is. It does. I just kind of thinking like, think it, back when I worked concessions and done stuff at Utah University of Utah and Triple A baseball and stuff. And so I'm thinking, how many people are there to make money? Like employees, you would slash that drastically. Who's at the stadium working? I would think if you could pull in a hundred grand for ticket sales, that would that should not including buying stuff because I'm betting it's like grab and go or like bottled or canned stuff, you know what I mean? Like, it says you're not going to do any fountain type stuff, beer or soda, fountain drinks or whatever. I would, mm. I, I don't know. It, that, that, that's a good point. I was trying to think of the, the number would be, but I think if you could pull a hundred grand, that would, you'd make something. Maybe only 20 grand, yeah. but you'd make something. But, uh, all right, let's say, okay, we're going to get to our real stuff in a minute, but we need to do, Matt, we got to take care of some business here. Matt, do you like to make any money? Do you like to earn free money? 
free money is good. It tends to be better than money I have to actually work for. Well, you have to work for us a little bit because we have some stuff over at my bookie. You heard of, heard of my bookie before, Matt? I have not. What? Who are you? Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. So, bookie. This is someone who's never heard of it before. That's okay. No, no, no big deal. That, that's why I'm here to tell you, Matt. We got some, our new buddies overtime are doing some cool stuff. So, their NFL's back. Hey, Mountain West football is back. That's amazing. So you can, we have a chance for you to double your your money on your first deposits. You got props, bonuses, cross sport wagers. So I guess Matt, if you want to do some MLB slash NFL and Mountain West football, you can do it. I'm betting the odds would be pretty good for that, right? I'm guessing maybe. I would but imagine so. We'd have yeah. to find out. So so here's what we got. I mean, looking at the sport, looking at the sports landscape these days, you got plenty of opportunity, dude. Masters in November. That's coming up too. So think about that. So, so you got winning season. You watch all live sports, betting live all season long. NFL's back, as we mentioned. So you got huge cash prices you can win. So here's the thing. If you get on the action, use your promo code OVERTIME and double that first deposit. So you have to be a new player. You can get up 1000 bucks extra in free play designed to add more excitement because, Matt, if you add a little juice to your football Saturday or Sunday, yeah, it's a little more fun, right, sometimes? As long as you're doing well. Correct? Absolutely. So you get to bet on the games if you'd like to and – Bet this season, NFL, everything else I mentioned, college football, MLB, all that stuff's coming up. So, again, promo code OVERTIME, double the first deposit, up to 1000 bucks. So here's the thing, too. We're also giving away an extra 500 bucks if you listen to this podcast. So listen closely. So OVERTIME's going in, going in for all of our listeners. We're giving away $500 cash to one person who takes advantage of this offer. So when you make your deposit, take a screenshot of your MyBookie account and email it to overtime at advertisecast.com. A little tricky there, so one more time. Overtime at advertisecast.com, and you can get 500 bucks. This ends closely. We're recording this on Sunday, September 27th. Needs to be done by the end of September. So September 30th is the cutoff, so send it in to that email, overtime at advertisecast.com. You're good to go. So good luck, folks. Go for that and do it. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. There we go. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Matt, you ready to talk some actual football, I guess? Let's do it. Sort of football, tangentially football. So we mentioned Mount West is back. Are you um, of the mind that should, I think I know the answer, but we still want to ask the questions we know. Are you cool with them playing football? I mean, I think I've said, I mean, if they, if they're going to do it and I said this on Twitter, they, they just, they have to do it correctly. And so I think, you know, we've talked about some of the things that they brought up in the, uh, you know, in the press conference that they had. So one of the things that I'm encouraged by conversely is, you know, the idea that, you know, yes, they're going to come out with a schedule. And I imagine that they will, they will announce that fairly soon because I think they want to have, they want to enable everybody to be able to prepare as much as possible in in a more concrete way. But one of the things, one of the other things that really stood out to me was the fact that Craig Thompson came out and said that he expects that there may be, be some games that are ultimately missed. Oh, there will be games missed. Which is, which is why they're not planning to make up any games. And so I think if if you give everybody that kind of flexibility, 
I think in the long run, that's another one of those things that will help keep everybody healthier in the long run. And so to me, that's fine. Yeah, and there's also no, at least at the moment, there's no, like I know in the Big Ten, their return to play was they're being extremely cautious. So if anybody tests positive, you're out for 21 days. Because typically yeah. right now, CDC and everything is like two-week quarantine, 14-day quarantine from whatever starts to date or when you feel you have symptoms to test, whatever. So 21 days could be missing, obviously, maximum three games, probably two. So there's mm-hmm. no word on what the uh, – the I, I'm guessing at least two weeks. I don't think they do a 10-day thing like the NBA because NBA bubble, you're already surrounded by people who don't have it. You, like they went really well for those type of things. So I could – lessening that time makes sense if your tests are negative. But also what hasn't been said was that what will it take to not play a game, which we don't know. And that's something really interesting as well to know because around here where I'm at, like school, my kids aren't going to school. They're, he goes to one class, like he has an orchestra class, so he has to go once, like twice a week or whatever. They're not mm-hmm. being very forefront with what they have to present to give out there. So it's kind of a, not too excited about that. But I'm assuming here, like I know it's HIPAA laws and stuff. You don't want to say this person has it, but – I'm wondering what it would take to not play a game because there was a Charlotte game a couple weeks ago where it wasn't necessarily positive COVID, but contract t- tracing that that person who had it, or I don't know how many it was, but there was one to, let's say one to three people, I don't know. They could have been around 20 people. And so they had to put them aside. And so I, we don't know what the threshold would be. I'm hoping it's a reason, reasonable number that's not outrageous either way. And so hopefully that's the case. That's something we don't know what to schedule next couple of weeks. So that's something that's, I'm really looking forward to, I guess, knowing about so we can kind of have an idea of the safety level they're wanting to proceed with football. Same. So, Scott, so we just um, do we let's get let's go to schedule. Well, let's do who's going to play because we kind of talked about it before. We get you mentioned the schedule. Somebody asked a question. I'm betting two. What do you think? Within a week and a half. I would be very surprised if it took that long, and the and the reason I think that is because you know, you've seen kind of the headlines of, of those, some of those games that were made up on the fly or, or put together on the fly. And I think the one that comes to mind you know, first is the Houston versus Baylor, which didn't ultimately end up happening, I don't think. Nope. But Houston, their five the, games the fact that they were played. able to The fact that they were able to put that together in less than a week makes me think that somebody somewhere has probably been planning for this all along. And so I think if I'm the Mountain West, what I would want to do is try and dominate the news headlines before the next weekend of games start. Or even the Pac-12 release their schedule this week, possibly, or the MAC. Yeah, so like I would be surprised if we didn't hear anything by the end of this week, personally. I kind of agree with you as well, because it's an eight-game schedule, and I put out a proposed schedule, because obviously Air Force is playing, we'll get to them in Boise State in a minute, but the eight-game schedule, they can just carbon copy what they're going to do anyways. Like they could yeah. just adjust the dates to make it work worthwhile. It's like, say, let's just say New Mexico, they don't really, their governor's like, well, no home games. That's the only issue. Like if you can play games in your area, like going to Hawaii, you got to have the test 72 hours before starting October 15th. That shouldn't be an issue if they're testing multiple times a week. But like, let's say, hmm. let's say New Mexico governor's like, no, nobody can be at in whatever the stadium's called now. It's not dream style, but they may have their first four games on the road and see what happens in, late November if they can play. But the teams are playing. I don't see why they wouldn't just keep it as is. And you're right. They want to do it quickly. I guess the only issue, not issue, but kind of wrinkle, is Air Force and Boise State. Because Air Force is already going to play. Also, programming alert, folks. We'll have a midweek podcast. The Air Force is playing Navy next weekend. 
So we're gonna have that for you. That's right. We got we got a game next week. We, we have to it. It'll be weird. We got college football for us to play. But so you have that game coming up next week, and then there because we've always said like we're using air quotes scheduled to be played, Army. But mm-hmm. that that looks like it's gonna happen because what Craig Thompson said. And that week, that game's November seventh. It's like, well, how are they gonna play eight conference games and Army? Guess what? They can't. Also, because I looked at Army's schedule between like in October and like those couple weeks, there's nothing else they want to drop like an FCS team, which I don't know if they're going to do. So this is where BYU comes in. People are like, oh, why are they playing BYU? Giving Boise State a chance to play a team because BYU looks pretty good so far. I looked at it. It is confusing on the surface, Matt. But when you look at it, that same weekend, it was already going to be November 6th, 7th. It was already going to be Boise, BYU, Army, Air Force. So let's just say Air Force was just going to play. Boise State wouldn't, or it may not even be Boise State, but there would have been one team not playing a game. That's not really fair. And so mm-hmm. why not allow them to play BYU? It's going to be at home, so that's nice. It'll be on, like, probably FS1 or maybe Fox if it's a Saturday afternoon game. But I'm thinking about it, I'm like, that makes the most sense. It's easiest thing. BYU still has room on their schedule. I, I, I don't have a problem with after digging into it for the weekends and stuff that's happening. The other people that are freaking out... I'd say it's kind of calmed down, but it will not come into a wrinkle for how you're going to decide the conference champion now. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it could be that, like, if there's an uneven number of teams that would play, you know, maybe there's a team that in the course of creating the schedule would be like, if, if they're if they're trying to be conservative, you know, maybe they just say, we'll take an off week this week and not play anybody or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I do know Craig Thompson mentioned winning percentage because – Mm-hmm. If and our buddy Raj put up a good point in our chat, like what if a team goes, what do you put, six, two loss versus a one loss team, but the two loss team played more games to beat, but beat the one loss team or something? Like how does that work out? Mm-hmm. Just because it's by because it's going to go with Boise and Air Force going to be playing only seven games because they're going to be missing each other, which is kind of unfortunate. That's usually a pretty good game or reasonably close game, even though Boise's kind of dominated the past couple years and winning. So it's going to be winning percentage, but also. If there's games that are going to be chopped off here and they're like, say San Diego State misses a game to Mexico, which I fully anticipate to happening, maybe they can make up some game with some random, like maybe BYU or some UMass needs game, so maybe somehow they want to add them, but that's not a conference game. So they're going to go by winning percentage. How do you feel, because this is brought up, just taking the two best teams? I mean, I kind of feel like if you're going to go in this direction, then kind of if throwing divisions out the window for this year is probably the best way to go. Because, you know, what happens if you have a team that goes like a team that plays a full eight games goes seven and one, right? Uh, what if there's another team that goes seven and oh, but they miss a game? Mm-hmm. You know, are you really going to penalize the team that was able to play its full schedule? in, you know, penalize the team that wasn't or something like that. And especially if it was the other team that they cancel, not your team. That's also, that's also to consider. Yeah. And and also like what happens if, you know, just for the sake of argument, you know, some teams only able to play five games and they're the only team that ends up undefeated at the end of the season. Like or, how is that going to work? Or is there some out three undefeated teams? Cause one team's five and no six, no seven and no. <laughs> there you go. That, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of scenarios that play here. I'm here for it, too. I want the chaos of weirdness to happen. Yeah. Just not people getting sick and dying of weirdness and happening. I want to see, like, if games get pushed around, like, it's going to be interesting. But I, I think, like, that's maybe why this. I think the schedule could be held up a little bit. Because I think they could still – I think they should scrap divisions anyways for sure. Like, why not? What's the harm? 
nobody's going to really care all that much. There might be a little griping here and there from, I don't know, what like what division's better right now Which overall from top to bottom? Is it still the Mountain Division, even though Air Force might have 30 players not playing? Probably, yeah. So, But it's still, like, we've talked up San Jose State should be a bit better. Nevada could be a team. Hawaii has talent. San Diego State, obviously. Um, we'll see what Fresno does because they have the Kellen DeBoer Bear, who was a great offensive coach a couple years ago. But I think if they keep the schedule, I still think what they should try to do is, like, keep the schedule as close as possible to what already was because you still want to play. Like, you don't want to miss out, like, Fresno, San Diego State. I'm pretty sure you want to see that game played. I don't think Fresno, you'd want to go happen to swap them out for, like, New Mexico or something, right? No. No. And so I think they should keep schedules as close as possible but still scrap divisions and go from there and, like, go by best winning percentage. And that way, if you keep it similar divisional play, the odds of rematch also are limited as well. If whoever's playing the cross-division game, you only play three of those, You there's a mm-hmm. decent chance. There's a – well, there's a, a better chance, I guess, than you facing um, – I don't know. Is my point being rematches less likely, but that's the only reason the schedule could be held up is if they're going to tweak the schedule based off of no division play and make a whole brand new schedule, which I don't know. Sure. Why not? I guess. But like, what do you think? Like you're right. They want to dominate the news cycle. So get that out sooner. Just go no divisions. Here's our schedule. And we'll go from there and we're going to go by winning percentage is going to be the determining factor because that's already going to have to be the fl- fa- the place. Because I know Boise State BYU is not official, but I have a hard time seeing that not happening. Well, I mean, I think the the assumption is that everybody would play eight games, but we still don't know if that's the case for for a number of reasons. Well, Air Force. You know, I think the biggest I think the biggest wild card in this example, yeah, is definitely Air Force because uh, Chris Benini over at the Athletic put together like a really helpful breakdown of kind of where every Mountain West team is at as far as their preparations for this season are concerned. And we mentioned this briefly with the last time we talked about this last week, but you know, the idea that they have, as you mentioned a minute ago, over 30 players that were granted turnbacks, you know, so if they play an entire season this fall, they're going to be doing it without 30 something cadets. And, you know, according to the Colorado Springs Gazette, a lot of those were going to be on the defensive side of the ball. And for those of you who listened to our Falcons podcast over the summer, you would know that that was already kind of be, kind of be, kind of yeah. their, uh, <laughs> their biggest Achilles heel. Um, so, I mean, I think that the the incentive for them may it may be a little bit different. Like, you know, it, it could very I could very easily envision Troy Calhoun just saying, you know, damn the torpedoes, let's do this anyway, and we just end <laughs> up seeing a lot of <laughs> a lot Forged of playing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we don't really know how they're weighing their situation against everybody else's. You know, I think the only other batch of teams that you'd really have to think about are those teams who aren't, at the moment, as we're recording this, like you said, on September 27th, not able to practice in large groups yet. And that's a team like Fresno State, for instance, Mm -hmm. or, you know, New Mexico, where for right now, they're still beholden to you know, local and state mandates as far as, you know, the ability to do things in groups. And so I don't know how the situation is in New Mexico. I know that the Bulldogs have submitted a plan to Fresno County in order to, you know, get the green light to start doing that. But, you know, if they find themselves behind the eight ball, you know, relative to other teams in the, 
in the conference, it may be that they want to play things safe as well because, you know, not, not that it's an entirely one-to-one situation, but I think of the NFL, for instance, over these first two weeks, what we've seen are a lot of soft tissue injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came into, you know, they've been playing week one, week two, and now week three without any preseason preparation. And so I'm I'm very interested to see how college teams approach that you know, seeing that, you know, this is what has happened on the professional level, you know, because I think they want to be able to keep their student athletes healthy, not only from the pandemic, but just from the kinds of injuries that you know, may be avoidable if they slow roll things or, or scale back their ambition to play a full slate of eight games. Yeah. It's, it's injury thing, safety thing, but also like, I think it was a, was a Jay Trust from KTVB a week or two ago, put through like some teams have been doing, they've been allowing the 12 hour practices. So, I know yeah. some teams have been doing it. So going from – because NCAA requested or kind of felt six weeks is a good time because fall camp is typically 29 days, but they want six weeks to get going. We're about a month away. So Craig Thompson's like, well, these 29 days are normal. It's like, well, but they're also not having any summer workouts, all the other stuff. They could be mm-hmm. – they're working out, but it's like what are we working out toward? What type of shape? Because there's a different type of shape. Am I – you're clearly not in football shape. There's guys, think of this like two guys going to NFL combine. That's getting combine shape for track shape for that 40 yard dash. It's like, what type of shape are you in? You're not getting hit or beat up. So that's different when that happens. So that's an issue as well. And also, really quick, I guess last night, New Mexico's governor approved college football in their state for NCAA athletics to occur. So there's, oh, there you go. So yeah, any, any Division one intercollegiate athletic program in the state will have to, they'll have to meet in order to proceed larger practices and games. But they said basically they are able to uh, proceed with college football. So well, that answers that question. Doesn't particularly say about the practice size because that's still noted in there about the um, they'll have to meet in order to proceed. Yeah, they're basically still TBD on the groups of practicing. Hopefully, they can maybe do a bit more so they can actually practice because there's only so much one on one, two on two, even seven on seven you can do, and seven on seven is a. Uh, goes beyond that five on five, obviously, since I can do math, math, yeah. a little bit. So yeah. they're back and no spectators for New Mexico, it looks like, except for not, um, except for essential people. They'll have capacity limits for indoor practice and trainings. Um, no spectators, obviously, at practices or games. Quarantine requirements for any visiting team the university must accommodate. So I'm not sure what exactly that means. Hopefully, uh, they did have like a two-week quarantine before, so... Yeah, it's uh, wishy-washy on that wording there. But they look to, they look to be back, so that's uh, good for them. But let me ask you this, like, with what Fresno's doing in other states, like, could you see, you mentioned teams maybe not playing a week because whatever reason. Like, could there be a team that says we're like, to me right now, Craig Thompson said every team is looking like they're going to play. They're attempting to play is the key word. Mm-hmm. But what if there's a denial somewhere or it's not worth it because let's just say, like, let's go to the Mexico example. Let's just say... um they can only do five on five. It's like, that's not healthy for our team to get in proper shape and be prepared for a game. Like if their practice mm. limits, like it's like the thing in Larry Scott and governor Newsom in California, like, well, we never said you couldn't play games. Like, come on, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous, but they can't really practice. So yes, you can play a game, but what's the trade off between like you mentioned a myriad of injuries, not pre being prepared to play. Is it worth it to do it? If I can do your practices are so limited to play a season. Like, could there be a team? I don't think this will be the case, but is there a team that say thanks, but no thanks. We'll see you next fall. 
I mean, I think if anything, rather than thinking in, in terms of like specific teams, I almost wonder like if there is fat to be cut team by team, whether it'll come down to eliminating those in, those uh, interdivision games, so like mountain mountain division team versus west division team, and you know utilizing New Mexico as an example, you know in the original schedule, which as as you mentioned, like assuming that they try to set it up to be as close to what it was scheduled to be as possible. It may be that like, for instance, they want to pass on traveling to Hawaii Mm -hmm. for the the expense of the travel. Plus, you know, Hawaii has its own kind of restrictions in place, which even though those are going to be loosened up in the middle of next month, you know, there's still some hurdles for incoming travelers to clear out there. So I can see a situation like that where, you know, and especially for Hawaii traveling to the mainland, maybe it's not worth it for them, you know, travel cost-wise to make those trips to Boise. Uh, and I forget what their other interdivision game was meant to be, but or, or rather for Boise to travel to Hawaii. I just I don't know, but that's just kind of what I'm speculating is something that might happen. Is just if they can at least get the teams that are closest to each other to play each other, then I think for the purposes of like rivalries for the purposes of trying to keep everybody safe. That I think is maybe the, uh, the best compromise scenario that I can envision. I can see that. Like, cause well, I don't know. Cause like does travel really matter? Because if you, here's the thing, like going back to BYU, it may or may not because like, you know, like yesterday, for instance, the Texas state traveled all the way to chestnut Hill to play Boston college. Yeah. Did they end up winning that game? Did they pull the upset? No, they blew it. Dang it. Come on. Uh, but you're right because there, it can be twofold because people like will travel. But if you think about like my buddy went to, I mentioned a million times, he went to cover BYU versus Navy. They you couldn't go to a team hotel. It was basically BYU team. Think of it this way: you're going point A, B, C, and D. You're not going anywhere else. You're going on the bus. You're going on your own plane. You're on your bus at the, when you land. Your bus at the hotel. You walk through the lobby area. Your food's likely delivered. No no media. Anybody at the hotel. And they still end up with like a handful of players test positive after the game before they took off to fly home. And so, yeah. but what's the difference? Like, I don't know if there's a difference because if you bus from, let's say, Logan to Boise to play or San Diego, you and talk about busing down to like San Diego. It's like, what's the real difference? Because you're still, I don't, for me, travel, there's always going to be a risk, but I don't think it matters, especially if you have your own chartered plane. It's not going to, I don't think it's really mm-hmm. going to matter where you go. It's uh, obviously a home game's better, but. I don't know, I, I think you're right. Restrictions within the state are going to override who cares how you travel. So that could be a way. But I think every team's going to try to play, and every team will play at least one game. I'm just wondering if teams will just kind of drop out as the season goes along because we've only played three games and we're in the final week of the season. You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, do you think every team will like complete the season, I guess, or play their final week on December 12th? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This will be. This is why it's so. I want to try to find adjective. It's fascinating. A good, a, a tempered enough term to see to talk about what this season's going to be like. It's just I don't want to be insensitive to what what could come for people getting sick and whatnot. But it's just going to be intriguing to see what each team and area decides to do and who you're going to listen to. Are you going to? Because we've seen in different states, it's like the governor says this, your county official says this, the mayor says this. The president says this. The senator says this, and nobody seems to be for a lot. A lot, some places, not on the same page. Are you who you get listen to? Mm-hmm. Like the football coaches, we got to play this game. 
but the governor's like, no, you're not going to play the game. Like, what's the power structure there? And so this season is going to be weird regardless. And the quirks are what's going to make it unique and interesting. I just want it to be done proper and safe and see as much football as possible. There you go. So let me ask you about this then. Um, I made some bowl predictions today. They're basically throwing darts at the wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. How we should? I don't know if everybody knows this, Matt, but uh, bowl. Um, everybody's bowl eligible, Matt. So do we give a round of applause to, to Brett Brennan for being bowl eligible for the first time in San Jose State football as a head coach? Congratulations! There you go, everybody else. Hey, Dean Gonzalez, you're one bowl eligible. Twenty or not Tony Sanchez, <laughs> Arroyo, bowl eligible. Congratulations. Um, how's this going to play out for the Mountain West? Because it's basically now, in my opinion, a popularity contest. I mean, it's good for TV. Yeah. What about? <laughs> that's about that's about all I got because I, re- I really don't know. I almost wonder, again, like if, if travel restrictions play a factor ultimately where, you know, you typically would have you know different conferences locked into different bowls, whether it would make more sense to try to make to, to give bowl season a more regional flavor than usual. I don't know. I mean, probably not, but I, I'm just curious about how that'll work. Yeah, I do too. Because like, we I saw the early bowl projections like week one. I mentioned like that good old Arkansas State, uh, Texas State. Uh, yeah, they're they're a different conference or whatever. Arkansas State, some rain, BYU in the Holiday Bowl or something like that's gonna look weird. Or Arkansas, Arkansas State, Boston College, whatever. It's like I, I wonder how they'll play out because the tie-ins are still there. But the one most weird thing, like besides everybody being bowl eligible, Matt, they're saying you can start bowl games December one. I looked at the schedule. Basically, every conference is playing through the middle of December. How did they come up with that date? You would think they would have pushed it that's to... A, that's a good question. You would have think they would... I, I guess the national title game is kind of locked in because the big... Wherever it's at this year, the big stadium arena, it's hard to change those dates. Mm-hmm. It would have been make more sense to maybe push those back a couple weeks. But like, I looked at December 1, like Mountain West is playing, Pac-12 is playing, the MAC is playing. Every conference, I think maybe the Sun Belt is not playing a week because they start early in American, but... They're leaving those gaps just in case they have to make up games. Like University of Houston, five of their games have been postponed or canceled already, and they haven't played a game yet. And so, like, what, what bowl game is going to say, I'm going to play December 1st, which, by the way, is not a Saturday, if you're wondering as well. <laughs> I mean, I almost wonder if it's in part a response to trying to alleviate the pressures of some programs having to, like, because I've, I've read about this in the past. Yeah, just trying to finish because of uh, the early national signing period. Oh, is that too? Yeah. Which is which is in mid-December. Because I know in the past I've heard about you know coaching staffs being a little aggravated at the fact that they have to prepare for a bowl game and also finish their recruiting class. So I almost wonder if that has a small role in it. I don't. I mean, obviously I, this is just speculation on my part, but that was just something I thought of. That makes sense. I chatted with uh, you can go back and listen to it, Brandon Huffman a couple weeks ago about he thinks the early signing period might not happen because it's not fair hmm. because there's a lot of states that are like, I, I, get, I believe in California, they're starting what December is that they decided for high school football or push it to the spring. I believe there's a bunch of states. That, I believe that, so. Yeah. There's a bunch of states that are either delaying their start to where their season would go through like start at whatever they go through February, March, whatever, January. So there's a thought that maybe, and go listen to the whole thing. It's a good, good, in, good interview I did chatting with him. But basically, it, it's uh, the early signing period may not be a thing, just because. And he actually said they may even push it back because you know there's the spring signing period, not the football one, but for every other sport essentially: basketball, baseball, track and field, swimming, mm-hmm. ju- JUCO, like in April. So he's thinking that could be the 
May. Maybe they'll have one in February. Maybe like February, the, what is it, the first or second Monday or Tuesday in February? Tuesday in February is, it, is yeah. the, the early period. But then April is like the later. Like they have now basically pushed both of them back two months, essentially, after a few months. So I don't know. But I think you're into like, what if a team's like, I'm, we're both eligible, we're whatever. We've had all, like Houston could be a great example. Let's say they only play like five games, they're three and two. But like, screw it, we'll just go play the Texas Bowl in, our, in the stadium down the street where the Houston Texans play and have our season done by December 1 and be done with it. Like, mm. that wouldn't surprise me either if like teams are getting, like too many games can't be played on the opposing, not their part, where, sure, we'll play a bowl game, we'll go play the Citrus Bowl on December 10th or something. So, but I do think the regional thing could come into play depending what state you're coming from. So I did bowl projections. I like, I like all the comments we got, Matt, where it's like, these are meaningless, but they're fun. I'm like, great, that's what I'm shooting for. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, it doesn't really matter about the bowl stuff. So was there uh, – I want to say we had something else to discuss, or did we kind of go through our options? Oh, I got – no. We're going to talk about some conspiracy theory, random stuff, what Raj talked about. You ready to go this way? <laughs> Let's do it. So our buddy Raj, who covers does Boise State for us, he always has some unique ideas, and I love it for him. So he put out the idea because if there's uneven games at 20 percentage, teams will basically take the L and say, oh, we can't play because of COVID positive test or contact tracing. And the brilliance behind it, like I mentioned, you can hide behind HIPAA, Matt, and say, we don't need to tell you who is sick or not because of privacy laws. So he's speculating. I know he's just throwing it out there just because to – also, who knows because this could be a thing because anything could happen. Anything goes now. But is there going to be a team – that has a good record and say they're going to play. Obviously, he mentioned Boise State because they should be good. But what if your team's going up against Fre- against? Me, sorry, I was going to say Fresno, but there may not be in the top of the league. Sorry, Matt. San Diego State or Nevada, or a team that has a good record, like Wyoming, and they go, "We're not going to play." But the other team also as well. Like, let's just say San Jose State's four and zero or something. They somehow are amazing, and they have Wyoming coming up, and they're also four and zero. Like we don't feel comfortable playing Wyoming, and it's kind of. Uh, because you're not taking the loss, you're just not playing the game, and your record still stands, just to kind of uh, improve your conference title chances. Is that going to happen? <laughs> Come on! That, that is some extremely devious stuff. Um, are you sure you don't have a tinfoil hat on over there? I'm relaying the message from Raj. I mean, I guess I... I <laughs> Our college coaches... college football is. The way college football is, I wouldn't put it past anyone. People are deceived. I kind of think it's more likely to happen somewhere like the SEC, though. <laughs> I agree. It's where, like, they're, where, they're yeah. a little, where they're a little more maniacal about their college football. Like, had Vanderbilt be... like, oh, sorry, we can't play Alabama this week. Uh. Yeah, or it's like they got Alabama and then Georgia week to week. It's like, holy crap, man. We can't play back to back those teams. Let's just let's just take the uh, hypothetical L, but we still have our record in place and no injuries. I don't think it's going to happen, exactly. but but it's not, it's just like message board stuff. We're having fun, but it would be wild if there's like I don't think it's going to happen. I think people too much integrity, but I just have to think about it because coaches do weird things. Like, but was it um was Mike who you know what uh, what was it the Texas OU game was Mike Leach ever a coach at Oklahoma like an assistant or something? There's a story I don't recall off the top. Regardless, of my head. I forget who the opposing coach was, but they put they laid out fake play sheets like inadvertently, like oh crap, here's a couple pages. They took it and they go, "We got their first twenty plays, coach," and it was a total ruse and fake and not true. And the other team by the time mm-hmm. you realize they're down like fourteen zero because they're 
or they're getting beat up because they thought they knew the first 20 plays they scripted. <laughs> See, stuff like that happens. And so th- I wouldn't be shocked if this happens anywhere. I don't know if we'll ever hear about it, at least not now. It might be a couple years down the road. But it's just something weird because college football is so weird. And, again, there's no people saying – like there's no um, – what am I going to say here? Like they don't have to disclose who's sick or not. They say, oh, we're not playing because contract tracing or whatever. Yeah. And they're, they're going to have to believe you. Who? Because what would be even more odd, I, Coach State, I don't believe you. I'm like, that would be even more wild. <laughs> You're going to play us the better one. <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up because it's so ridiculous. I want other people to hear it and not just hide out in their DMs because it's fun. Now I kind of now I kind of want it to happen. <laughs> I just kind of want to lean into however weird the season is going to be. What co- so what coach would you lay odds on doing that? <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, you know what? They're all upstanding citizens. I'm not going to answer that question. Okay, fair enough. My well, I would say the coach that blocks everybody the most, but that team's probably going to be at the top two of the conference. Have nothing to worry about. So I can't. Choose, I can't choose Blockmaster Harson. So. I don't know. There, are, it's, I don't think it's happened, but I, I get. I'm here for the weirdness, and I want it to be the s- safest weirdness college football season we've ever seen. Right? Yes. All right. Anything else we need to add? Are we good on this? Are we sufficed our commitment to give people air quotes entertainment? <laughs> Sounds like it to me. Oh, hold on a second. Um, somebody asked about Craig Thompson's hair. Our buddy. Um, oh shit! What's his name? Um, fake Matt Coach Mummy. How would you rate his hair in the press conference? I say it's always a 10 out of 10 because it's always great. Yeah, that's the obvious answer. That's the obvious answer. Um, all right. Oh, also, really quick. I want to ask you about this because you posted uh, Bill CSP+. Are you surprised about any of those? People were upset San Jose State was too high. Coming from a Nevada fan because well, they're ahead of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, not not necessarily. So for those of you who didn't see the tweet that we put out there, um, you know, now that the Mountain West announced they're coming back, uh, Bill C over at ESPN uh, revised to include everybody else that's coming back. So there's a big gulf between Boise State and everybody else. Like uh, Boise State's the only team in the top half of the uh, it's 126 teams, I believe, overall. Um, San Diego State right there in the middle, at, uh, 68, and then Colorado State 77. Wyoming, Hawaii, and then four teams in a row from 99 to 102. Fresno, Utah, Air Force, San Jose State, then Nevada, a few spots below that, then New Mexico, then uh, UNLV. I don't know that I have much of a problem with it because, you know, for the Mountain West's part, it is purely conjecture and purely projection, um, which, you know, is weighted differently because some of the teams – have played games already. And so like the, uh, the balance between their production and the projection part is still kind of, uh, in flux. If uh, you will. Ohio state number one, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I don't necessarily have much of a surprise. I remember the last time that bill C updated SP plus, And I think this was before a lot of the conferences shut everything down. You know, what really stood out to me was the fact that air force took a huge nosedive from where they had been. And so I'm really interested to see, you know, how SP Plus, or if it can, can accommodate all those different turnbacks, because they were already in, in a position, and the Mountain West as a whole was already in a position where they were dead last among all of the conferences in returning production, which is one factor for SP Plus. And so 
the fact that there's a there's not much difference between those teams in the kind of the the 90s to the triple digits doesn't necessarily surprise me a lot but i'm very interested to see how things change once they get into actually playing games it makes sense too and also one thing interesting about it like it's basically a coin flip from 91 to 107 it's like 26 spots and you have one two three four five six teams basically right mm-hmm. there i would say i think wong means a touch low but also we gotta remember part of this is returning talents and Air Force is already dinged as part of it is recruiting, recruiting, and that dings most of the conference, especially Air Force, who that's why the academies are always low and they have to they play catch up all the time. And so, I would say CSU. I'd say the only team I'm kind of surprised about. I'd say two teams: Nevada at 107, and Wyoming at 84. I think they both should be fairly higher. But besides that, I'm like yeah, I can get behind that. And I think Nevada should be ahead of San Jose State. I don't know. I'm not sure what the deal is with that, but. Uh, that's why I would change. Also, one last question, Matt, here. I put up the bull projections I mentioned moments ago or whatever, minutes ago. Should I have included Air Force in my bull projections? Because I'm he- de- hesitant to – I was not sure to consider them because those turnbacks, if they're all defense or mostly defense, and no Donald Hammond, they might be like in for like a losing record season this, this time around. You're backing off your un- undefeated season Dude, I ha- take come, come on. pretty quickly. <laughs> Dude, starting uh, quarterback, I mean, a third I mean, of the personally, team, leave me alone. <laughs> Personally, I had reservations about them even at full strength. So, you know, I'm, I'm imagining a defense kind of shredded by, you know, not only a lack of returning experience, but just, you know, a lack of just people, period. So if it were me, I probably would not have. Here's what I have. I was debating. Like, I'll just leave. It's the first one. It's okay. So I have Boise in a bowl game. Probably yes. San Diego State. Yeah. I have Nevada. Hawaii and Wyoming. So if I take out Air Force, because I'm not sure about Utah State because new quarterback, they do add more running back depth with Dante Henry Cole there. Who would I who would I stick in CSU? But also in Jackson, San Jose State. Really? Okay, that's your pick. Okay, that's fair. Go bull, be bold. That would have right? been my pick, regardless, or just now what we know now. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned Colorado State. I mentioned San Jose State, and I think if I were going to replace. Air Force with either one of those teams, then I don't think I would be able to quibble too much with either choice. But no Utah State? Probably not, no. Okay. Well, see. yeah, it's going to be tough. With new, like I said, with just Jason Shelley there, new QB taking over, it'll be interesting. So I put those out. I'm probably not going to – well, maybe Air Force plays next week, so if they win, maybe I'll put them in there because Navy's not too bad. They're pretty good this year. So mm-hmm. so that's what we got for today. Check us out, mwr.com, for all of your podcast needs and written – Work. We'll have a different set of uh, content coming up, Matt, because we're going to do that top five. That's that's out the window, Matt. But guess what's coming back, and it's kind of on you, and hopefully you say yes now. Top 50 needs to be finished. Yeah, it'll be finished, <laughs> I promise. We'll, we'll, we're going to go ahead and what we'll do for, for a lot of the content, we've already done most of our work here. We may just kind of retweet them and repurpose the website to show our older stuff, but we'll revisit the top 50. We'll be back next uh, Wednesday to talk Navy Air Force, first game of the year. And then, yeah, we'll be we'll be doing about one or two a week for the next little while just because the season's coming back shortly. But, yeah, thanks for hanging with us. we got football coming up. And should our new motto be is just um, let's have this be the safest football of all time? <laughs> there you go. That's what we're going to go with, folks. And we'll see you next time.